1: Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August nineteenth. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan,
0: I'm look, I'm doing good. Looking forward to a big day. Had a big day yesterday. Second birthday party. Double. We both had birthday parties.
1: I did. We we had. This the, is a our, birthday our,
0: podcast. So our oldest is.
1: our oldest daughter, your only daughter. Yeah, are both born on the same day. How about that? So we're doing a Friday morning show that will uh, go. Carry it through the weekend if you need it. So you we, had a good had day
0: at the state fair or the, the county,
1: county fair. County fair. Uh, I mean, let's be real. I live in a very highly densely populated, uh, you know, suburban county. It's not like going to the, it's not, they call it agricultural, but it's, I mean, it's like next to the highway and it's very populated. I don't know. Our friend said, you want to go to the fair? I said, sure. Uh, low did I know. I, we'd walked like seventy five yards. I think I spent over two hundred dollars in cash because it's just like ridiculous. I don't know how people down. afford to go to the fair. We pay fifteen dollars to get in. And that gets us nothing, nothing. Everything in there costs money after you pay fifteen dollars. You know, thirty bucks for rides, tickets, and all the games that you can't win. You know, throw a ring on a bottle, that kind of thing. It was just honestly. We'd been there seven minutes. I think I spent like over two hundred dollars to get all these tickets and wristbands. It was unbelievable, and but what, whatever. It was my daughter's birthday, so could have made, gone and seen something. the Nats for that much. You could. You probably less, probably less than that. If you're not having the, you know, twenty-two dollar twenty-ounce beers, but yeah, absolutely. How was your birthday celebration over there?
0: It was good. It was really good. It was, uh, you know, I got I got a big day. We got a uh, a family wedding. That I'm going to in Cincinnati. I got a, uh, I got a five hour oh. ride with the with the in laws, the sister in law, and uh, and the wife. Oh. That's a, you know, we're we're loading into one car, and you're and driving from drive.
1: Illinois, Chicago to Cincinnati. Yeah, just loading into the oh, car. It's, it's I, a scenic ride, I, at least. You know, I'm, I'm sure. excited
0: to see what what the uh, you know what we're going to be listening to, what the conversation's going to be. But, Do you uh, think they'll listen
1: to this podcast. No, you're sort of. <laughs> subtly maybe read between the lines talking about the adventurous fun journey that that will be
0: well i think i think the sunday morning drive after the wedding
1: is going to be even better on the way back oh man
0: everybody's going to be just you know
1: (laughs) there's a whole probably all our listeners i don't know that they're of various ages but there was a whole era there where you know those sunday rides from weddings are some of just the worst experiences of your life there In your mid to late twenties, just having—I don't know where you were coming from, but we all had to do it. Some different, whether it was four hours or you know three hours, six hours. A lot of us have tales of just trying to stay awake. In
0: there too, Uh, departures from bachelor parties. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) yeah,
0: the worst. It's like it's the worst. Is like you know how the bachelor parties morphed into this like three day thing. Yep. It's extravaganza, and by day two, you're like, "What? What am I doing with my life? Why? Why am I here? <laughs> what am I doing? It's not and, worth it." Yeah, I don't like, like so, myself. And then you, you just you rinse and repeat. You go out again, yeah. and you just yep. do it to yourself again. And by Sunday morning, it's just a, it's like a deep state of depression of like. <laughs> What am I doing with my life and, and why, why, why did I do this to myself?
1: Well, speaking of three day extravaganza, we have more details about live 54 whole day extravaganzas. 54.
0: Uh, yeah. Maybe that's how we should change, change a uh, bachelor party should be called live,
1: live weekend, live weekend, li, live, live Portland, wherever you're going. Live, <laughs> live, live New, live new live Jersey, live, Chicago, live Dick Harmus Farms or whatever it is. Um, it's been a it's been a week of insanity. We'll get to the Patrick Reed lawsuit, you know.
0: Hey, like, can I can I talk about something real quick?
1: Yeah, it's your podcast. We've talked about birthdays, the fair. You can talk about whatever you want.
0: I might be. I'll probably be riding in the car for for a decent amount. I might drive a little, but I cannot wait. I can't wait to tune into the second and third quarter of the USAM matches. You know, but then not catch the end. You know. Thanks to the television schedule that uh that MBC has put together, NBC and Golf Channel has put together.
1: They're on uh the what is it from ten to one? I, I, I'm I'm reading this <laughs> you I'm reading this is a USGA.org. Yeah. Friday, August nineteenth. They're on Peacock from eleven to twelve and then on golf 11 channel. Eleven to two. Golf channel from twelve to two. So we got so 11, eleven to two. two. We've it's got matches. We've
0: got matches teeing off at ten thirty. I
1: is that right? No, nine thirty. I yeah. I it, can't it's tell. Nine thirty Eastern. Nine thirty Eastern. Eastern. They don't have yeah. any
0: demarcers on the site. I'm looking at this, thinking it's Central Time. So yeah. you know the coastal
1: elites getting after. They it don't getting, tell you ET <laughs> or Central or what. Yeah, it's just. <laughs>
0: but yeah, anyway, so nine thirty. So you know this is great. We're gonna have four hour four hour match, right?
1: So it's gonna yeah. go to
0: one thirty. These matches aren't gonna end. They're you're gonna hang in the balance. Ten have fifteen these,
1: is the last one. So Ten that fifteen probably go till two fifteen. Yeah, at least right. Oh, I don't know. It could end early. Could who end knows? early. But yeah.
0: But this, this, I just can't wait till it just cuts out. It's gonna be a pivotal moment. See who goes to the final four.
1: Gone. Well. They'll hang on, won't they? Oh no, that's right. They gotta go to the BMW championship yeah, at two go o'clock. To, uh, that's probably go a hard to Golf stop. Central. They'll they'll <laughs> go to I don't know what they do. I mean they just kick it back to the cock, peacock. I don't I, think they're going to. I it's four matches. It's four They matches. didn't
0: televise the round of sixteen.
1: I like the USGA can't be happy with that. No here's the other thing. I saw you pointed this out on Twitter, but you beat me to it. It's a good point. They have a great crew there. They're all set up. I yeah. really like when it's been on. I've loved it. I love Rich Learner's getting into it. Um, uh, Smiley Colt, and Colt Nose have been pretty good on the ground. Like The cookie I, monsters out there,
0: you know, telling that? tales. John Cook. Oh, John Cook. <laughs> telling tales of his, uh, of the 80s. Talking about Bobby Claffin
1: John Cook, he was the cookie monster. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's he's there, but, but yeah, Rich Richler, Burkowski—they they've got. I, I've really enjoyed it. I just don't... they seem incredibly well equipped to put to do this, and I, even if it's not on TV, stream it. Like stream it. That's what the cock is there for. Peacock. I mean, yesterday,
0: honestly, watching that was one of the most enjoyable because you had the Rolex hour, the yeah. uninterrupted coverage. It yeah. was so good. I mean, it was like, it was the best golf viewing that I've had in a while. Like, you know, you, they're bouncing between matches. Colt Nose is really good. Um, especially yeah. in this type of setting, like, you know, in a tournament and you know, you always talk about like, Oh, does he have the accomplishment? Like he was really good. Like he's funny. He's got like, he's got quick wit. He's got nice quips about people. He has, he knows the history. He's won the event,
1: you know, like he, he just, like, I think you, you know, another thing I also liked is that they're, He's not hesitant to say, like, you know, that's not a good shot. Yes. I mean, I know sometimes these are kids, but, you know, he's, without being mean, he's like, that's, you need to do better than that kind of thing. And, and it's interesting. I mean, you don't always get that with, with golf broadcasts, right? When maybe a play is substandard or less than average. Um, it, it's been puzzling. I watched, I flipped on the TV last night, yesterday morning. And I was actually, I didn't mind, it was Thursday morning. I was probably interested to see some featured groups playoffs. I certainly wanted to watch the, the amateur. So one's on Peacock, one's on ESPN Plus, and on TV is the Real Czech Masters, which, you know, like, not to put down the DP World Tour, but that's just not for an American audience right now. That's not first in line compared to those other two. And, like, I get that there's a lot of moving parts, and there's contracts, and there's masters to serve and there's other coverage coming of those later, but lost in all of this seems to always be like common sense and what your actually, your actual audience yes. wants. Like that, that's the, on the list, but it's just not near the top. Like your audience does not want the check masters at that point on your television. And like, so I, I don't know, as like content creator or, or maker for a while. Like, like, always try to put the audience first. and It like, always like gets we, lost <laughs> in
0: everything else, all the other bullshit. It'd be like if we opened the show on Monday talking about the, the Czech Masters, if there was a seven-shot win. Like, that's not what the audience wants. Like, uh, you know, that's a, that's an idiotic thing to Thomas do. Thomas
1: Peters is doing well again. That guy's won it twice. He's just a killer at the Czech Masters. We want to go down that route. But, but uh,
0: it, speaking anyways. of the AM, this will all be moot in like a couple hours. Some awesome, awesome storylines. You got 15-year-old Nicky Gross in there. You got the, the, the D3 assassin, Alex Price, right?
1: Yeah, he's taking out some big names. Yeah. Got Ricky Castillo on... Uh- Thursday afternoon.
0: I mean so. is he going is he getting a D1 offer? Like is he switching schools like as soon as this is over? Like I mean, what's going on? Why is this guy he's in the final eight of the US uh USAM? Uh you know, Sam Bennett's been unbelievable uh, and he's playing Stu Hagestad That I mean
1: He seems like a real red ass. He seems to have a like that Bennett that seems to be I'm not gonna call him grumpy, but uh he doesn't seem to have much care for the jollies and pleasantries of, of anything like that and uh, he's got some he, he's a country boy it feels like so he's playing Stu haggistad like he took down live boy <coughs> he did puj 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 um Yasiel's, uh younger cousin yassiel Puig. um Hagestad's playing his ass off yeah right i mean people you know get on him about you know
0: I I have to say, Stu Stu has been working. He's like, been, he's in Chicago. He's actually been, you know, he's been, I know like, I don't think he's, he's playing a in lot school golf. anymore.
1: But like, we're talking about one of the great amateur careers now, right? I mean, three yes. Walker Cups, two Midams. He's always making match play and amateur. Like he's always making match play and all these event. Like he's he's really, it's a long career of I mean, sticking
0: winning winning a usm as a mid-am at this point
1: in the way amateur golf is would be absolutely insane our guy almost did it not winning but a- avl the only mid-am him and Stu were the last two mid-ams i think how about avl almost won it. how about learner learner just loved avl oh rich learner was li- <laughs> andrew van lasso <laughs> <laughs> who we're talking about, creative the Gold Boy t shirt, which is about the tenth least, you know, tenth most important accomplishment of <laughs> his career. Hundredth most stove important.
0: Stove Pop Pot?
1: He's the stovepipe kid. <laughs> I recently had an article about that because he's knocking down sticks, flag sticks. Um he was he lost a heartbreaker. Lip lip out on eighteen to uh was it Carr, Ben Carr. Ben Carr, who's still in it, got Willie Wilcox on the bag. Then he immediately, Andrew Velasso, their shirt, Gold Boy shirt maker, immediately goes to the bar, starts (laughs) drinking beers, and then goes back out and watches car, the guy who just beat him, watches golf for for car. Just absolute, uh, I don't know, he's a breakout star, but they loved him. I mean, Lerner kept talking about how he looked like he should go down to Giants training camp. He was like a fullback. He loved talking about his, like, body type and, like, how he was a Western, like, you know, working on the ranch and Yellowstone, a lot of leaning into AVL. They should have brought, but, you know, they should have brought AVL
0: into the booth, but they aren't on, <laughs> they aren't on TV enough. They couldn't, <laughs> yeah, they didn't true. have the chance to, because they, they aren't They didn't have actually the room on. to roam. Yeah, right. Because right. they could have got... just like, uh, you know, Jack and Tiger, they could have brought AVL into the booth and, uh, and you know, him and Colt could have, could have chopped it up.
1: Just a great, a great couple little side story. I mean, he beat Thor Bjornsson. It was it was a fun dalliance with Andrew Van Lasso. Amazing talent. Oh, by the way, Hickory Champ,
0: Menente. Um, um, just you know, with he's on a tear. Yeah, well. he he shot. I think it was the Northeast. He went absolutely mm-hmm. nuts at and and shot. I mean, he he boat raced the field there. Um, they, they there's some good stuff. How about the hair on Shea
1: Lagoo? What about the name Shay Legu? It's just the whole the whole package coming together there. Yeah, he's got some good hair. Lot lot of lot of footage of Cookie too uh, from the whenever he won at, uh Plainfield in his hair and comps to Shay Legu. So that'll be uh, round of eight. Seek I hope, it out on. You
0: know, I peacock, don't want I it. To, I not, I'm not rooting for it to happen, but I will find humor if it if it cuts out like at the you know like. We got like a 10 footer to win a match <laughs> and it just goes ship ships off to Wilmington CC.
1: That would be amazing. That's tune like in. Pump up the...
0: This stuff. G- this is great. This this will be like the bet. You probably will get the, this will be right in the feeds for people listening right in the first hour that the thing's out. Tune into the t- USM
1: 11 to 2 Eastern on uh, Friday and then, you know, it's on all- the weekend. So uh, let's do an ad read for our friends at uh Rowdy. While we're talking about, you know, college golfers, they have their new collegiate collection. I am going to swerve. They want us to, I look, we told you the collegiate collections out there, use SGS 25. They got Alabama, Arkansas, you know, BC, a bunch of old Miss, a bunch of SEC schools, some Pac-12, you know, all that stuff. Go to the collegiate collection as, you know, tailgating season ramps up. Use SGS 25, but I'm going to swerve right. I'm going to, like, this is, uh, you know, we weren't supposed to talk about this necessarily. I would promo the Zach short. Go buy oh, the Zach the short. Zach short. I, I I don't know what to say. Like, this is a product I would tell my friends to buy. It's been, I don't want to, like, overhype it. Like, it's a piece of clothing. Let, let it's me, amazing. Let it's, me tell it's, you, can I tell
0: a little story about the Zach short?
1: Yeah, I would tell a story about the Zach short. You go first. <laughs> so, uh...
0: Her like in February, we had a call with uh, a couple people from Summit, and uh you know, uh, one of the the great marketing guy said to us, "It's February." We're I'm in Chicago, Brentonson, yeah. and uh in DC, and he's like, "Hey, have you guys tried out the new Zach Shore?" And Brendan and I like are looking at each other like, "What are the you middle, talking about?" The middle it's of winter. <laughs> So, anyways. <laughs> Needless to say, we got the Zach short and now we, we knew immediately we about that. what yeah. he was
1: talking about. Why it's such a great short. My wife was doing the laundry. She's like, these are in my wife never compliments my clothes or anything. It's just doesn't compliment anything. she's slow to praise. She was like, can I have a pair? Can you get me a pair of these? I was like, well, I don't think they make these for women. It's like, I see if there's a small enough size. They don't have them. Like, she's like, these are incredible. They are like, it's just, they're featherweight. They've got like mesh pockets. They've got a little like sticky band on yeah. the inside. So your shirt doesn't come untucked when you're playing for, you know, <coughs> you know, I know it's sweaty boy season is winding down, but I, I would absolutely get a pair of these. I, I have no bullshit. I know they're expensive. Use the promo code SGS25. I would just try a pair of the Zach short. Uh, also stains come out. It's like a material. Like, you know, we're all idiots. We spill a drop of coffee here or there or get mud up from the course. Stains have come out really easily. Uh, get the Zach short. Use the promo code SGS25. All right, moving on. This has been, you know, we, we record on a schedule. Sometimes the gods, you know, time it up with us. Sometimes they don't. Tuesday after we recorded, Patrick Reed's lawsuit came out. That was ripe for an old SGS. You know, had it been Tuesday night we were recording, that would have been an old-time old, old time classic SGS live reading of, of this insane 30 page complaint from this insane lawyer uh contracted by Larry. A, maybe a, an insane couple out of houston texas lair bear we're not gonna do <laughs> we're not gonna do that first i think most recently look there's a lot to choose from you've got james hot like like the twitter it's james Hahn is yeah, tweeting nonsense what is, nonsense. James, what is he scott talking fawcett about? obviously scott fawcett is out there for, uh, like, who, just who a would, lot
0: it's amazing I mean, that it, the
1: world figured figured it out Twitter is just like creating controversy left and right. Can I just uh, say I mean, something? It's, thank God Peter Kessler's not on Twitter anymore. I mean, because it's like, we feel like we'll hit the trafecta of, of sort of. Can I,
0: some guy, a Go guy ahead. a guy melts down about commentator talking about a wobbly putting stroke. Guy just absolutely has a Twitter meltdown. It, I found quite, I, I, there's a lot of humor in. PGA Tour, you know, the coming on, Golf Channel coming on, set announcer, Dan Hicks. Will Will Zeltoris is out there. Immediately goes back. Like, is on the, the second, second yeah. hole of Thursday co- yeah. of coverage, and he starts talking. He plays a montage of Zeltoris' stroke. <laughs> goes immediately into what, what caused Scott Fawcett to go off the rails. Uh, I just, I couldn't believe. He immediately went back into it,
1: and the whole like he explained it. On, I, I don't know if I even want to go into this. It's like because then Will can't watch that back, and it's like like he's some like child. and then, and then we find out that Will, Will hasn't we'll, talked to him in over a year, and or whatever. It's like he helped me at junior golf. It was yeah. like kind of a pointed clarification uh not great anyways just lot twitter's <laughs> been just uh, you know people have had to, james Hondy's needs to although i i don't know maybe never log off as i said just keep tweeting about these insane ramblings that are i think james Han's totally a brand of what ratios well, becoming popular the ratio man <laughs> Gangnam style and ratio man <laughs> Um, anyways, I, I what, want to start is
0: this nonsense. Who's asking, who's asking for Elon Musk to just have a hundred million dollars. Yeah. 90% tax like, down or who, something. To, who's asking for that?
1: Now he's saying 54 hole events. Meanwhile, James Hahn is on the player advisory. He's on the PGA tours player advisory council. Like he should be an advocate for the tour. He's asking for 54 hole events just to get 75%. Of, of world rankings points you reduce them by 25 percent and then i saw max homa tweeted back at him he's like does that mean 36 hole events get 50 percent points and 18 holes get 25 percent points which you know first round leaders would be out there raking in the points i guess i don't know so uh he's just it's it's nothing he's I don't know what he's getting at as a PJ tour member. I think we should uh, invite him on the pod.
0: Keeps, ask him for his five. This, five so. ask him to put together um, five things that he'd like to see. Just see what happens with the five things. Like five. Give us
1: five out-of-the-box ideas, James. So there's just non-stop uh nonsense happening on Twitter. I think less nonsensical. I, I do want to talk about this. Wall Street Journal article about the live contracts, which remains sealed in the last The live boys. City. How do we get we these see... unsealed? I think they'll be coming. I, I
0: want to understand what this is something I've wondered for a long time. What's the sealed terminology mean? Like these contracts are probably electronically distributed to people. Mm-hmm. Do then do they sit in a courtroom? Do they print them out? Does somebody print them out
1: and then seal them? Seal them with like wax. Yeah, like, like, like Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> is this just a a a pie in the sky term. term? Is it yeah, just it's a, term? a term?
1: Of course, it's a term that probably applied <laughs> but, in the 1800s <laughs> and early 1900s. I and now just, it doesn't.
0: Whenever I hear this, I imagine like, where's the sealed? Where's it stored? <clears throat> Somebody
1: had to print it out and seal it in order for it to be sealed. They saw it. So Wall Street Journal got a copy of one, a draft copy. Of course, these things are probably floating around. Yeah. And they also probably v- uh, vary from person to person. Does Phil have the same contract terms as uh, Kevin Na, right? No, of course not. Well, I think they're, I mean, they're probably of course not, from- because
0: the Ironheads have
1: different different term sheets than, than the high flyers uh, in the law in this Wall Street Journal article. At which the contracts are, you know, Liv is arguing they're proprietary, so they need to remain sealed. Uh, unusual provisions. I think Andrew Beaton was the uh, writer for this in the Wall Street Journal. Players are supposed to wear live apparel, even when playing in non live events. They're instructed to refrain from giving interviews without approval. They agree to assist in recruiting other players to live when requested. And they also need approval for most of the logos they wear and branded products quote, like coffee mugs and other hard, ger- hard goods mugs. that they use at events. That seems like a fill clause. You know, don't bring your coffee for wellness in here. Uh, in addition to the rich prize money offered at the live events, the contract has one other surprising provision. Golfers are awarded $1 million bonus for winning any of golf's four majors. So you get another extra million dollars of sugar on top of whatever you win at a major. Not $54 um, did- million, though. It did not include language about lucrative appearance fees that some players have received, which people familiar with the matter said was included as a separate rider. So that's a different thing. The apparel requirement seemed to be the one that got a lot of attention. Um, Because last at the loss at the TRO, there was some debate about whether they would be wearing live apparel. It seems like going down the road. Do you think that uh,
0: Hudson and uh, what's his name? Gooch were sitting in the car. (laughs) With, in full live gear, no, that they heard no. they heard on the lawsuit that they wouldn't be, and they changed out, you know,
1: in the car outside of Southwind. <laughs> no, I don't think that. <laughs> um, another provision requires they have to refrain from quote providing exclusive interviews or commentaries or entering into any agreements or arrangements involving exclusive exclusive interviews in relation to any event or league activity without obtaining approval. This seems so like a really good
0: clause where where you know the, the players can't they can't talk to anybody about what's going on in in the league It's a
1: it's a really good um that's good for fans
0: fan access yeah, it's the
1: access like of, I, promoting the brand promoting yourself promote, I don't know it's just
0: it's <laughs> a, it's great that you know you know that that no no uh, no golfers and live are ever going to appear on a a non live uh uh you know corrupted uh media it has platform. to be pre-approved right? yeah pre-approved, good approved so. good for uh good for live memes account but uh
1: yeah uh i mean this is a contract though i mean this is what i would say it seems a little bit more restrictive than an NBA players contract or a whatever a baseball players contract usually those guys have a little more freedom to talk um and, and go do interviews but you know you have to wear the uniform you have to wear you have to appear you have to like i don't i wouldn't say it's it's crazy no. for golf it's a little different when you got to wear apparel right? you know specific team apparel so places so just to, just a look into what what these guys could be signing up for um other news any any reaction to the pga tour player meeting so i i was poking around i was trying to trying to
0: you know, as every journalist I'm sure was trying to do, get insight into what happened. It seems like they're very, you know, what one one source that I was working on said when when Tiger looks you in the eye and says this doesn't go anywhere, people usually listen. So you know, there's been you know a lot of speculation as to what was talked about, but it seems like you know I think this is a big testament too. It's like what you said leading into it you know how much gets leaked out will be the will be a you know how unified they are because uh and, and not a lot's gotten leaked out as to what they talked about but it seems like you know those players are really committed to the pga tour and and i think this probably needed to happen a while back you know in order to get kind of a a you know everybody in lockstep but you know I think this is it's a sign of how how dire kind of the situation is right now in order to stop the hemorrhaging um, and retain the majority of the top talent, which I you know, it's an important thing is like the tour still has the majority of talent.
1: It's a player's tour. It's the player's tour. It's like this goes back to Jack and Arnie and everybody else. And that's why you hear Davis Love III worked up the players have to take control of the fight fighting back because we've seen Jay Monaghan and the global home be sort of inept asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. And sort of impotent too, in terms of response and, and as certainly as a, yeah, fighting back. Um, so the, the player, this does sort of get to the origins of the tour and what it is. Um, 20 guys, 20 stars getting in a room and saying this is what we want to be, or this is what we don't want to be um but yeah we haven't heard a lot other than you know rory's talking about how tiger's the alpha and all this stuff just general generalities
0: you think about like the the tour too, and like the the people that are running the tour especially monahan has a board and and tim fincham i've heard is is effectively still kind of running the tour monahan is uh is very much fincham's kind of uh Mouthpiece, younger mouthpiece. But you think about it, it's just like how disconnected is a 70-year-old suit from this situation, or even Monaghan. Monaghan doesn't he's never lived the life of a player. Right? right? And that's what Liv is attacking. So it absolutely makes sense for these the top players. Like if you think about what Liv's doing, they're attacking the superstars. They're 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 coming for the most marketable players. That is their very clear strategy. This was a great thing to get the tour's most marketable, biggest names all in a room with Tiger Woods and come to, you know, figure out a plan that works for them. That's the way this has to that's the way they win this war. Is the top players getting in unison about where their their tour needs to go. You and it's was... not about Monahan. It's not about, you know, the lawyers that that are on the board. It's not about Tim Fincham, who had his day in the sun, you know, and got in, you know. Hall of Famer. Thinks he, you know, woke up on third base when Tiger Woods came around and thought thinks he hit a triple. Um, it's about, you know, Tiger and the superstars of today restructuring this thing so that they can ward off the live tour lost you there for a bit but
1: i i trust it do you think it was tim fincham or or jay monahan that thought dj collard would be a good person to contract for a promo of the fedex cup five years too late after dj collard had his thing where he well, was he's like in, the i think he's into golf America. now
0: i think that's what they do they wait yeah. till these guys get into golf another and then, one then they bring Those them in fedex past- cup ads well they oh, bring, they bring them inside the ropes has anybody oh, seen? Yeah. Has anybody seen a players ad? Are they still trotting Cam Smith out there?
1: I haven't seen a players ad. Haven't seen one, but I'll keep an eye out. Do you think that. they pause um, the
0: players not to confuse consumers during the FedEx Cup? Yeah, they don't right. want to have there's, a gold standard and too ultimate many ultimates. Red.
1: Yeah, too many ultimates and standards, and yeah, the most cherished this, that, and the other. Um, but
0: I, I think this was this is a g- great step. Obviously, nothing's come out of it, but I imagine that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I'm guessing like, here's the, and this is what I think we've talked about this for months is like the idea of like Rory, JT, Spieth, putting their, putting their thumb on the scale and changing things. Like the best course of action. You can't, you cannot allow the people that have been running the tour to date. And they've allowed this to get to like a, a really bad place. And it's time for the superstars to say, "We're
1: doing this, or we're gone." One leak, and it's it's not really a leak because because it, it's very general, uh, unspecific. Was that we need to find a way to get the best players in the same spot at the mo- more often same time, right? Mm-hmm. And which is kind of what you know Liv has done, and what's been a complaint about the PGA Tour, right? Maybe that's some separate class of events where all these twenty guys in the room get to play. I, I don't know, but but. That, that was sort of a unspecific I think,
0: I think the note. biggest thing they could do is is really reform the FedEx Cup. And I think, <coughs> you know, Le Ma- Joseph Lemania's idea right. of like only a right. few events getting FedEx Cup points is, right. is the best way forward. You give the majors and 10 other events FedEx Cup points and the rest of them, like people are still going to show up to all these events. I think the cool thing, too, is you could rotate which events get FedEx Cup points. Like, yep. You know, here's the thing. Like, John Deere hasn't had a great field in the last 20 years. Like, what's the best moment of the John Deere? It's when,
1: rookie Jordan Spieth, yeah, as a you know, 19 year old or whatever. Yeah.
0: So if you go to John Deere and say, hey, you know, you're not getting FedEx Cup points anymore every year, but once every seven years, your event gets FedEx Cup points. I think that's yeah. a net win for them because they know one time every seven years, the greatest players in the world are coming to the Quad Cities.
1: Yep, and I don't want to I don't want to bang on uh, the whole BMW Championship thing again. We, we you highlighted that really well the other day, um, but I thought it was interesting yesterday as I was watching, and they came on the air. Azinger has been – he goes, this is not a pushover of a course. Meanwhile, Cantlay – Patrick Cantlay's comments were like, I mean, there's nothing to this course. It's basically Caves Valley. It's the same thing. He just hit it far. And it, like it's not a pushover. Azinger said that. He also said like Rory has this incredible intangible to hit a 3 wood that high, which is like kind of the – like that's just skill. It's not – you know, generally when we talk about sports, not an intangible – but when he came on the air, everything they talked about was what this week meant to the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like, is Scheffler going to shift? Scheffler's Alatorre's. Where are these guys in the playoffs? And you know what didn't matter? The BMW Championship. Like the actual tournament, the four-day, 72-hole event. And Azinger got there, and he realized they'd been talking about this, FedEx Cup forever, and what it meant for the playoffs. He goes, oh, 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 by the way, this is the oldest trophy, which, you know, by the way, it's not anymore. This is some, like, BMW-branded trophy thing. They changed it. And he goes, this is, like, the oldest trophy on our tour. Like, that was, like, that got, like, they forgot. Literally, like, the event itself, Only its only purpose was what it meant within the larger playoffs. And they've lost that with the BMW Championship, right? They've lost that. You know, and I know there's some, Nods to the history of it with the Evans Scholar stuff and like that, but but the FedEx Cup is sort of, I think in a way meant to meant to heighten the importance of the BMW, but it, it's sort of the singular event has sort of lost its appeal because it's just a cog in the larger playoff system. Anyways, that was amuse- interesting to me as Aigner, you know, remembered. Oh, oh, this exact event by the way is like the oldest on our tour, and the trophy is the oldest on our tour.
0: So, yeah, I think that's anyway. the the real issue with with shifting that west. Like, think about how much more powerful the Western Open would be if it was like in a Genesis, you know, vein. Right. As a regular, right. like you could put, you could slide any nondescript tour event into the playoffs, and you have a built-in storyline. This is one of the event, one of the very few events that they have that can stand alone and be extraordinarily strong on its own. And I think that's the biggest mistake of moving it into the playoffs is that you actually cannibalize one of your best events that like you, you know, you've, you've homogenized it in a way Um and lost. you've lost. It's been, you know, you've almost, it's a double subtraction. You've lost like one of your best events on tour when you could have just slid something like, like the 3M could be the, the playoff event and right. then it would all of a sudden right. all have juice, but now you've right. lost, lost the juice of the Western open. Um, yep. but yeah, I don't, the, uh, one of my favorite other things, the zinger on the course, he kept being like, you know, it's, it's really hard to figure this course out. You know, it's good. It, this is such a tall task to have these guys come out here, figure it out. Rory's been here since Saturday. This is what, you know, this golf course needs lots of study. It's like, you know, and I was watching the coverage. I'm like, no. this doesn't look like you, it's got much to it. It seems like it's just bunker right, bunker left, uh, big green, hit it here. You
1: know, that, that was Lily Rory's whole point last year. It's like, we don't want a course where we have to come like study it for three or four days. And I don't think they give them that. They, they don't like at this point in the season. We're exhausted. We just want to show up. No, we got to hit it far. No, the ball's not going to be running off into different directions. We can't predict and just Shrink like and play greets. the game. We expect fifty yeah, fifty other weeks of the year. Um, all right, we've we've got to the thirty-five minute mark. We have Flashback Friday and Patrick Reed's lawsuit. Look, if we'd been recording Tuesday night, we probably would have done an hour on Patrick Reed lawsuit. We'll just rip through. Let's let's. It. He's talk about it. You want to right. talk
0: about it at a high level? Yeah give, the, yeah, give the points. Sure. Give the points.
1: He's he's suing... Well, everybody knows the points. It's been picked over at this point. He's suing Brandel Chambly and the Golf Channel for defamation for $750 million is what he's asking for. I think, you know, Fried Egg should start looking into an attorney to sue about, you know, comments about trees and rough. Can we sue Brandel Chambly for, you know, uh, and the Golf Channel for their thoughts? Like, this is the merit that this lawsuit has. Uh, the attorney is this guy who filed it, Larry Klayman, who files defamation lawsuits left and right. Uh, was an Obama birther, filed a lawsuit about that. Um, just is kind of a kook. I'll tell you what, it's not been a great, great month for, you know, white shoe, big time law school, uh, you know, Ivy League, prestige law school uh universities because clayman i think went to duke went to emory and duke uh got it you know great schools you had the guy out at uh at the tro with all this great education and this high power uh, you know stepping on himself him uh, i'm not suggesting
0: calling the fedex I'm not cup the Super
1: Bowl. Not suggesting Clayman and a, a you know partner Gibson Dunn are on the same footing, but just know you know the guy's education. Just th- don't be intimidated by some guy who says he's got a JD from here and an MBA from here. There's a lot of kooks that get through the cracks because this lawsuit. Tiger Woods, the grammar is a disaster. It's it the apostrophe of the possessive of its is just consistently I, I consistently butchered throughout. Uh, Tiger Woods is Tiger Wood apostrophe s. You have David love the third. There's just indiscriminate double spacing. The grammar is a complete disaster. Skip Bayless gets drawn into it by, you know, suggesting Brandel is is defaming Patrick Reed in a way that skip Bayless defames LeBron. And, and he, he, Patrick Reed is quickly put on the pedestal with LeBron and Tiger Woods. There's a quick jump from those three. The, it's just, it's a mess of 30 pages lawsuit. Uh There's been a lot of favorite parts highlighted. The list of heckles that Kyle Robbins tweeted out is stunning to see memorialized. Clearly, it seems like Justine was writing these down in her journal. Uh, They are now on the T, the excavator. You suck. You effing suck. You jackass. You coward. Shovel. Why don't you dig a grave and bury yourself in it? Piece of shit. No one likes you. Everyone hates you. Good luck digging yourself out of this one. Where are your parents? Coward? A lot of cheating. Um, why don't you introduce your children to their grandparents, you ungrateful bitch? So this is all in the legal document. Um, it seems like Justine was likely writing these down. Well, you know, it's, it's characterized that, you know, tackling them as a golf shot and putts that require a high degree of concentration. It feels like a lot of these came from uh, the Presence Cup. Melbourne. It feels like that's like, like a lot of this is where that started. That's where I think a lot of the criticisms that Chambler came right after the hero and said he had cheated and they couldn't put him in the team room came from. Uh, I would suggest I would I would guess that a lot of those those shouts came at the President's Cup. Uh, another way, and this is one of my favorite parts, that you think no Justine might be behind it. Little section, background facts. Mr. Reed. Is a professional golfer who began his career after winning back-to-back NCAA titles at Augusta State. He started his career by Monday qualifying for PGA tour events with his then fiance and now wife caddying for him. What, what a detail. Why is that needed? Is a background facts. The duo earned, the duo earned Mr. Reed a PGA Tour card. Not Mr. Reed, the duo earned Mr. Reed a PGA tour card through qualifying school for the PGA tour. They possess a uh, plural. They won their first PGA Tour event in their first season on the PGA Tour at the Wyndham Championship. A lot of plural. They, the duo. I wonder who's behind this. I wonder who's contacting this nut job attorney to do this. Uh, so that was an amusing part. I think got over overlooked. Um, it's 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 an interesting document. The content gods have shined upon us. Uh, I don't know that we need to give it a ton more oxygen at this point. Now that's
0: yeah, just t- the scary thing that I worry about is if they somehow win, then what
1: they're not gonna win. People are gonna go into, has the, no chance. into
0: the back catalog. I'm gonna have to start scrubbing the back catalog. They're gonna take us take a,
1: they're gonna they're gonna own all the gold boy profits. I mean the, the irony is <laughs> And I tweeted about this, like the kindest coverage they've gotten Well, is from the Golf Channel PGA Tour. When I tweeted about that, I got an email from someone who works in, let's just say, content. I don't know. It works with the tours. It goes, just to back this up, when I worked at blank, 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 the tour actively sent memos to us. After the sand moving incident, he said, we weren't allowed to approach Reed for any of our features as they were looking to, quote, manage his image and profile. They were actively trying to help him out and reintegrate him despite his indiscretions. Like the tour (laughs) has always protected Patrick Reed, believed him, the Golf Channel. Some of us won't forget 2014 when Shane Ryan did some reporting on, you know, actually talked about his indiscretions in college and why he was left Georgia and all these accusations. And Golf Channel, like, basically shouted Shane Ryan off their TV. They, like, told him, you know, they never produced affidavits that they said, you know, were contradicting his reporting, that the Reeds didn't. And they, like, gave the Reeds carte blanche platform that, they kind of basically shout down Shane Ryan. So, Golf Channel, I wouldn't say, has been providing – and the tour have been, like, the biggest critics of Patrick Reed. And quite the contrary.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about – Think about how they're partners with the tour they' and the right. tour has been whitewashing. Remember when Cam Smith, this was something I was thinking about yesterday. Cam Smith, when he was talking about uh, Reed and now, now it's they're, a cheat. yeah, now they're boys together, live boys. There was just something I, I found amusing. I like, I had a chuckle about, uh, about it yesterday. I was just like, oh. These guys, I guess we were going to them. Yeah, exactly. Slapped him on the wrist. Like Cam Smith gets threatened, slapped on the wrist after he calls Reed a cheat. And now they're, they're together. Do you think he'll be calling Reed a cheat on the live tour?
1: The four aces. Maybe he's called the four aces in bed with the cheater. I don't know. Well, but that's
0: what, what's the, what's the Aussie team punch.
1: Yeah. Punch in the four aces could have a heated rivalry rivalry coming. Yeah. Um, uh, another quick irony is Clayman has a million tweets that a lot of people surfaced that said, like, those players going to this live are whores. Literally, they use the word whores over and over. They're taking blood money. The live guy should be banished, this, that, and the other. And now he's, you know, filing lawsuits, alleging collusion, and you know, that lives getting choked out and stuff like that. So uh, it was an amazing document. Uh, the, the It's uh, humorously. A, a humor, an amazing document for humor purposes. Um, all right, should we move on? You have anything else? Your service is in and out. I'm losing you, but let's go to Flashback Friday. All right. golf.com The fried egg now has an NX10 branded rangefinder with the slide plate. You can get a fried egg range finder, use the promo code I know shotgun 20 gets you twenty dollars off an NX10. That's been switched. It used to be NX9, now it's NX10 shotgun 20 gets you 20 dollars off an NX10 let me win- tell you something what I was
0: with uh I was with somebody I got you know I got my NX10 out there you know I've been using it after we found it uh, yeah found the box but yeah. anyways I was with somebody that used that was an nX9 unit user and kind of a gearhead and he's okay. like let me try that nX10 and I was like here you go a gearhead and he was like, holy, I can't believe how fast this thing is. He was shocked at the speed at which it, it shoots the yardage. Gets you your number? Yeah. He's like, that's so fast. It's insane. And he's he was going to upgrade because of how fast it was.
1: Well, yeah. Now you can upgrade. And you, you personalize it. You can get American flag. You can get Canada. You can get, you a, get fried a fried egg, egg. logo on, this, uh, on the plate. Shotgun starts coming soon. Yeah. We here? Yeah. So we here. Allegedly. We here. Maybe. Who knows? We're not keeping up with it. But yeah, Shotgun 20 gets you $20 off. Uh, Apparently, this gearhead is quite satisfied with the product. Can
0: can I just read you a a headline from the Delaware online? Yeah. About the BMW? (laughs) Yeah. How did he hit that? PGA Tour wows Delaware golf fans
1: with shots they couldn't believe. Well... It's a local, it sounds like a local paper. They just, they got to write it's a being, general thing being populated about on fans. Golf Week. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> what a mess. How did he hit right. that? That's the title?
0: <laughs> PGA Tour wows Delaware
1: golf fans with shots they couldn't believe. That's
0: the title.
1: Like, like Delaware is like, not, like, never, seen, it's a foreign game, golf that just came here.
0: It's 30 minutes from, from Philly.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh precisionprogolf.com promo code shotgun twenty. Get yourself an NX ten. Flashback Friday, USA Amateur Week. I was poking around. There's ample opportunity and hey, you know, ample options. Go ahead. You know, one last thing on on Precision Pro. Yeah.
0: A golf fan with a Precision Pro might not be as shocked
1: about how he hit that. How'd he hit that? That's well, true. let me tell you. What a little segue! <laughs> let me tell you. I shot it. I got slope. Yeah. I got all this. I got my numbers quickly. Uh, 1990. We're going to the 1990 U.S. Amateur. Phil Mickelson wins. Now the Live Boy been soiled by Live, <clears throat> uh, but back then, just a sort of wet behind the ears amateur. Uh, we're going to kind of go in a couple different directions, both with the rudder up and the winner. This is John Garrity article. This is at Cherry Hills. He won the nineteen ninety yeah. amateur at Cherry Hills, which is going there next, next year. year. Cherry Hills at USAM. So that's a little bit of the tie-in I was going for. Quote: All you need to know about the nineteen ninety US Amateur champion Phil Mickelson is that he conceded a thirty foot par putt on the first hole of a match before sinking oh. his own two footer for birdie. Quote: so I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to try to lag a two footer," said Mickelson, an Arizona State junior after his five and four victory Sunday over his close friend and former high school teammate Manny zerman so that was the final i thought it was a gimme so then i found out i did a little more on this this sort of concession of the 30 footer jeff thomas 31 he was a mid-am he took three to reach the green and when he was stalking a 25 foot par putt nicholson had a four footer he said two footer in the other article <coughs> for birdie inexplicably Mickelson conceded thomas's par putt and then sank his birdie try to go one up he went on to win six and five At the time, Nicholson said he gave Thomas the putt to put some pressure on himself. More than 20 years later, he's a bit more wistful about that gesture. This is a Dave Shedlosky article for USGA. Quote, I'll never forget that look he gave me. It was just funny, (laughs) Nicholson recalled. I ended up making a three or four footer for birdie to win the hole. Why did I do it? Concede this 30 footer. Well, he took like two minutes to hit the chip shot and he hit it 40 feet by the hole. Well, then he started the process again, and I just thought, just pick it up. So he did, and I made it, and we went on. I that? think I think this was in Shipnock's
0: book too. Uh, oh, it was okay. And and, right. uh, and they he, Shipnock, like the guy, the mid-am, had this like he was like known as this like ruthless competitor. He was he Jeff had some Thomas. nickname, okay. and he was okay. like this like renowned like tough guy competitor, and Phil just like. Pulled his pants down on the first hole with
1: this. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, this is back to Garrity all week. The spectators flocked to the tall Californian with the turned-up collar and brat pack good looks. This is a you know an article from 1990. Brat pack was still probably prominent then. Owing and eyeing at his booming drives and uh, flying high flying long iron shots, the best left-handed golfer since Bob Charles shot a 64. That was in the stroke play qualifying. He was the medalist nearby Meridian Golf Club. He won 35 medalist total. Uh, The winner of the last two NCAA titles, so he had two NCAA championships already, hogged the spot like like no U.S. amateur since Ben Crenshaw. Quote, it's a short game that's so remarkable, said TV commentator and former USJ executive Frank Hannigan. He might be, just might be the world-class player. He beat Zerman, Manny Zerman, South African, transplanted by way of San Diego to the university of Arizona in a spirited final asked if he ever felt like he was losing in the afternoon. Mickelson said on two and three on four on eight, when he chips in on six, when he knocks it to an inch and on and on, he felt like he was losing it. In the semifinal Mickelson beat uh, 89 Walker cup teammate, David Egger or eager. I think who I eager. believe is the one who called in the tiger bad drop at the masters 2013. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? He who called into Ridley, uh, you know, obviously prominent amateur and career in golf. He's a tournament director for the PGA tour. Asked if he thought spectators were pulling for him against the younger, you know, Brat Peck, Luke Mickelson. He said, it's lonely inside these ropes. That's why I hit it outside. Uh he he beat uh who do you beat? Chris Zambri, I believe, who beat Chris Patton, the 310-pound defending champ. At this one, and Patton was a subject of a came up in a flat. I think a spotlight, a spotlight on Faldo. You know, he was at the Masters. Would have been, I guess, eighty nine Masters. Uh, Patton lost six. He was defending champ, so it was like Patton and Mickelson were the big headliners here. Patton in the first round lost six of his first seven holes and was seven down with seven to play when he reached the twelfth. Waiting. For, this is against Chris Zambri, Yeah, SEC guy, USC guy. Yeah, former USC coach. Great guy. Yep. Yep uh easygoing Patton sprawled on the bench whistling tunelessly He's seven down Zambri's caddy asked him when are you turning pro he goes in about five minutes Zambri then stepped up and aced the ball aced uh hit a hole a five iron hole in one punctuated the worst first round beating of a defending champ in U.S. amateur history Patton classy in defeat gave him a high five but didn't realize the match was over and just then went to address his ball and they're like hey you're done he took a half swing <laughs> and just chipped it into the lake He didn't realize it was over. He goes, oh, wait, never mind. It just chips it into the lake. So Patton's out. That was like the big threat to Mickelson. Uh, The compelling question was whether Mickelson could survive the week. Pretending, this was a big moment. The pretending, the fearsome par five, 555 yard, Island Green 17th was waterless. So he like had the most distance, right? He just had a different kind of game. He hit it higher. He hit it farther. He's talking a little bit about speed. He goes, Mickelson, a psychology major, wouldn't even acknowledge the water was there. You can't see it from the fairway, so I just let her rip. In his third round, uh, he made birdie from there. On Saturday against Bob May, he hit a three-wood over the green, chipped back, made another birdie. He's got a little more confidence than the rest of us, said uh, Mike Swingle, who we beat. Uh, it almost got him in trouble on Sunday when he was four up on Zerman. He hit it in the water uh nicholson though he he sliced it into the lake he goes i do it again i'm just not one to lay up so let's get into manny zerman he lost he was he got to the final back-to-back years he's the first player ever to lose the amateur in back-to-back years and then never win it there have been other guys you know Vinny giles have lost multiple finals uh he got uh, but eventually won zerman then never won it he got smoked by phil like five and four then next year he got Smoked by uh, Mitch Mogis. Um, But Zerman is a uh, he's the son of Italian parents from Durban, South Africa, who left his father and mother for adoptive parents in San Diego after winning the Chilean Amateur and before getting a golf scholarship at a desert university not far from the Mexican border. Are you following this? Like his story yeah. is kind of amazing. So I did a little, little research on Manny Zerman, made the final consecutive years. A- amazing story um he this is a si sonia stepto article 15 year old south african golfer of modest means generous talent traveled to san diego to play in the you know the optimist world Junior. yeah the world junior the same yep. one that Ls and
0: ells every single year
1: yeah yep mickelson was obviously a big fixture there for about a decade you know not not that long but in the night didn't the, he never win it i don't think he did there was you know this old caddy who Earned. ernie there's a caddy uh, yeah everybody talks about beating phil at the if you beat phil at the world junior like I, I came across caddies i used to loop with in sixth grade who were great like oh i played the world junior i used to beat phil's ass in that like you know it, a lot of people talk about right of that. passage yeah uh so zerman this was this was after he had lost consecutive finals he's a 22 year old with two sets of parents and a promising future the teenager uh, he just wanted to play golf in America. He let his parents leave, live, let him live in the U.S., and they said what was best for their son. Go ahead. Um, my mom and dad sacrificed a lot for me. They let me experience life for myself. Uh, they let my, they let these adoptive parents in San Diego sort of like bring me into the the game. So he came over to the Optimist World Junior. He. If he had returned to South Africa, South Africa, he would have had to face a mandatory mandatory year of military service. He would have had to apprentice on the South African pro circuit. But by staying in the U.S., to finish high school and attend college, he was able to compete in more amateur events and, and obviously like get on a more normalized path. He took a year and five tries to raise his SAT scores to NCAA standards. He eventually got to Arizona in 1989, finished third in the 90 NCAA NCAA. Uh, and then uh, he played high school golf. The high school he went to when he was adopted was Phil's it was Phil. high school, yeah. San Diego. University Imagine high. that
0: high school team with Zerman and and Phil, yeah. <laughs> two yeah. two of the five best amateurs in the in the world.
1: Uh, people on that subject quote: "People perceive me as being in Phil's shadow," says Zerman. But I don't see it that way. I want to be looked at for what I've done, not in comparison to him. So he gets the amateur final twice. Uh, by the time he got to the amateur, they'd grown apart. So Phil, they, they're high school buddies. They would play matches after high school. Uh, then they got they became rivals. Yeah, and Arizona, then they got to Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona State. They kind of grew apart. They were really competitive. Um, he, came, he became the first international low am at the Masters. So I, I won't read a lot about this. Uh, like his parents came over. That's where they saw him at the Masters, the second Masters. Because obviously you get to the USAM final, you get a spot. And like he was reunited with his parents from South Africa. Um, one thing I did find amusing. So there's a couple articles on Manny Zerman. I don't want to go on forever. I had a ton of Zerman facts. Um, his parents, you know, reunite with him. But he and Phil really grew apart. Uh, this is a Doug Stutzman article for the Augusta Chronicle. Um, and he just fell out of golf. He's like, he said, um, I didn't really keep up with those things, mainly because I wasn't passionate about golf. I played because of my talent, because everyone told me how good I was. And this was in relation to, he'd lost the pair of highball glasses he earned for hitting a recording eagle at the 92 Masters. Uh-huh. Uh, he lost his NCAA title, he, which he led Arizona, the 92 NCAA title. He'd lost the ring for that. Um, he did have the silver cup for being the low am at the Masters. Uh, he's a, he was a teaching pro. He's a teaching pro at Miami Shores Country Club. But he found one day the cup, which he kept like in his closet under a bunch of boxes, to find on his back porch filled with dirt as a planter. Zerman's wife knows nothing about golf, stumbled across the trophy and decided to make for a decent pot. She goes, look at this beautiful vase I found. He removed the soil, returned the hardware to the closet and bought her another vase. So that's like the only keepsake he has, the low AM vase, but he keeps it, you know, buried in the closet. Uh, because he said he wasn't passionate about golf. It was just something people told him he had to do. But he's a teaching pro, Miami Shores. Um, So a little bit more on the Phil relationship. The 1992 Golf Digest Collegiate Invitational Zerman and Mickelson were paired at the TPC in the Woodlands. On the final hole, Mickelson asked for a drop after believing his drive had landed in casual water. A request Zerman denied. So he denied his Zerman uh, the the drop from casual water. Irritated by the decision, Mickelson used a seven iron from 160 yards over water and hold it for Eagle. Oh my God. Three decades later. So that was 92. You know, they'd already lost. He'd lost five and four to him in the 90 amateur. Three decades later, this is Augusta Chronicle. Zerman retains an opinion of the three-time Masters winner, Phil. Quote, this is his high school teammate. Phil has always tried to be cool. Zervin said. He's not cool, but he's always tried to be. In that interview he did with Faraday when he showed up in a bomber jacket. I mean, come on. Really? So a little bit of a falling out. Zervin is his own sort of amateur legend. Never really made it. They talked about how he just didn't love the game. He decided to quit at the 2000 British Open. He's like, I'm in the first fairway at St. Andrews and I'm not enjoying myself. And like, I have this privilege. I'm at the old course like, and I'm not... Um, and he like walked off and then like didn't play anymore after the 2000 open or decided he was going to hang it up. So uh, that's a little bit about 1990 USAM Phil Mickelson, Manny Zerman uh, what's going to be more of a Manny Zerman flashback, but we're at the hour mark here and uh, we need to get out, go to the weekend. So that it, I got it. Yeah, I got to get in the car. I got to drive to Cincinnati. Enjoy it. Scenic down through Indiana. Great drive. all right everyone enjoy your weekends thanks for your constant support continued support we'll be back with you on monday to recap we got that fields event you want to talk about that at the hour one mark no i don't we can talk about it another time on monday we'll be back to talk about that and how did he hit that all those shots that will just wow us over the weekend at the Wilmington. How, how did these guys figure out the course so quick is what we'll talk about monday Enjoy your weekends, everyone.